A Day of Faces by Simon K. Jones Read by Jen Coleman Chapter 12 Lineage Noun Biology A sequence of species, each of which is considered to have evolved from its predecessor. The good news is that they were wildly unprepared. The bad news is that we're now holed up in the records office with every exit barricaded and a squad of particularly angry and armed people waiting just outside. Looking on the bright side, this is the room we wanted to be in. Found anything yet? Marv was stalking around the perimeter of the room, glaring out past the walls and blocked up doors, reading every heat signature buzzing around outside. I slammed shut another filing cabinet. Not yet. This task seemed to define the concept of needles in haystacks. Finding records of the orphanage fire should have been easy, but there was nothing. Cal had managed to uncover the names of some other people born the same day as him, but they'd seemingly been erased from history as well. The room was huge, an octagonal archive of everything that had ever happened and had been recorded in the country, and possibly the world, organised onto hundreds of thousands of microfilm rolls. Everything was labelled and categorised perfectly, but it would still take a month to go through everything. Did you really expect them to leave a paper trail? Marv shouted over the banging from outside. I was hoping for something, Cal said, pushing a stack of shelves over in frustration. He was wearing the same clothes as Marv, who had brought him a spare set of cleaning overalls. Everything I've seen and heard indicated that orders always came from here. All the kill orders. I found myself sitting on a fallen bookcase, head in my hands. I knew this was going to be dangerous, and that we'd end up in prison or worse, but I'd expected to at least get some answers, for there to be some kind of heroic point, but for it to just end without any resolution. I couldn't even think of it. What a waste. My dad's face popped into my mind. It did that from time to time. I hated him my whole life, until he was dead. And now I just wanted to talk with him. There was no changing him, sure, but there was so much unsaid. I don't think he quite understood how much I loathed him. I used to be so uncomplicated. Moral of the story? Don't find weird men in your shed. There's something else here, Marv was saying from the other side of the room. This wall is different. Everywhere else we're surrounded, but this wall's different. There's another room back here. My stupor evaporated, and I ran to where he stood, passing row after row of shelving and filing. The room was a maze of curated history. Anybody back there? Marv shrugged. There's something there, but it's vague. Don't know what I'm looking at. Not a problem, Cal said dropping to his knees as he geno-shifted, brown fur pushing out of his skin even as his body bulked up, pushing at the seams of his overalls. His jaw and nose became more pronounced, his features heavier. Standing once more, now a clear foot taller than Marv, he picked up a filing cabinet, hefting it carefully, then pivoted forwards on one foot, swinging the metal cabinet forwards and into the wall. The force sent cracks spreading out from the impact point, and plaster fell to the floor. Five more ought to do it, Marv said. How many more of those you got up your sleeve, anyway? Cal ignored him, 
retreating with the cabinet, then burying it back into the wall. As he bashed his way through, I watched his single-minded focus, unaware of what was around him, oblivious to our presence and the hundred or so pissed-off people beyond the walls. I guess he's been building up to this his whole life. Gotta give you purpose. The wall quivered, buckled and collapsed in on itself, light blazing in from beyond. Chunks of masonry rained down from above the hole and dust filled the air, splitting the light into drifting shafts. Cal disappeared through into the next room. Got a bad feeling about this, Marv said quietly. Now you've got a bad feeling? You've not been paying attention or something? How well you know this guy, Kay? Felt like I'd known him for years. My whole life. I met him a couple of months back, I guess. Yeah, he said. Even less for me. He lived in my digs for the last four weeks, but I got no clue who the hell he is. Guess he doesn't either. That's why we're here. Right, but your whole life being defined by not knowing. What happens when you find out? I shrugged. Let's go see. Holding a hand to my eyes, I stepped through into brightness. The room was white-walled and lit by a row of fluorescents and was considerably smaller than the main archive, more like the size of an office. It was empty except for a device in its centre, next to which stood the hulking form of Cal. The device was unlike anything I'd ever seen. It resembled a machine but was also like an animal, of sorts. It was clearly built and designed, but also had organic parts intermingled with the mechanical pieces. Standing half as tall as Cal and wide at its base, it seemed to be pulsating. In front and below the contraption was some kind of receptacle, above which hung a wide nozzle. Marv followed me through. Yeah, told you I didn't know what the hell I was seeing. Cal, what is it? He held something up. This was in there, he said, pointing at the receptacle. With a jerk of his hand, he threw the object at me. I caught it and examined it. It was white and sculpted, with a bumpy, undulating surface, and holes punched through like three face masks linked together as a single piece. I rotated it around and saw my own face, with Cal and Marv represented either side, our likenesses carved into the object. I stared for several seconds, then flipped it over again. There was a message on the back, warning of our imminent arrival at the spire. In all the confusion, I guess they didn't get the message, Cal said. Marv touched the sculpted message with a hand. Who sends a message like this? The scales on my neck fluttered. We're way out of our depth here, I said, which I know is, like, super obvious, but even with that taken into account, we are then extra out of our depth. Cal actually laughed. Do you not remember your religious studies? Uh, I went to a state school. Didn't really have much of that. He grimaced. Orphanages are mostly run by the church, he said. I've heard them talk about this kind of thing. He moved cautiously around it, as if circling a wild animal. The fur on his head and arms was pointed like an alarmed cat, but only in terms of proclamations from God, stone tablets, messages from the mountain. Ring any bells? Cal reached out and touched the contraption. 
The device heaved and swelled as Cal touched it, and he cried out in pain, seemingly unable to remove his hand from its surface. At the same time, there was a deafening blast from the archive room. Oh, man, that's just bad timing, Marv said, heading back through the hole in the wall. I got this. I leapt forwards and pulled at Cal, tearing him away from whatever had been holding him in place. We both tumbled backwards onto the floor as he began shivering uncontrollably, eyes glazed over and mouth agape. The fit intensified and as he rocked back and forth he began to shed his fur, leaving it strewn across the floor as he rolled. I tried to pin him down but his form kept shifting, his arms and torso shrinking down and changing texture, from fur to bare skin to scales to feathers and back again. His face was a contortion of pain, eyes bulging. Irises flicking from black oval to diamond slit to yellow orbs. His teeth pushed out through his lips, then retracted, then turned to points, then fell out entirely. I backed off, unable to hold him down and at risk from being knocked out by his movements. He writhed, shifting over and over again. Shouts came from the other room, then gunfire. There was nothing I could do for Cal, but Marv needed my help. Reluctantly backing away from Cal, I turned and ducked back through, into a war zone. The archives were a blaze of light and fire, flames spreading from the far wall where they'd blown their way in. Soldiers were pouring in, firing intermittently and seemingly at more than one target. I crouched low and scampered forwards on all fours, flitting from one fallen row of shelves to another, tasting the air, closing in on Marv's scent. I found him underneath the stack of cases, leg trapped and arm bleeding profusely. What the hell? I shouted over the weapons fire. He grabbed me and pulled me close with his uninjured arm. There's somebody else here. Gotta be. I sure ain't a threat. Risking a glance around the cabinet, I caught a flash of movement and two soldiers evaporated, leaving behind a shower of blue sparks. The others turned and re-aimed their fire but my view was blocked. We need to get out of here, I said. Captain Obvious, Marv said. Get my leg out. I helped him prop up the cabinet and he rolled clear. Slinging his arm over my shoulder, we moved as fast as we could back through the smoke-filled records room, where sounds of gunfire were being replaced with screams of soldiers. We reached the gaping hole in the wall and scurried back through into the white room. It was now emptier than before, the device remained in the centre, as if nothing had happened, but Cal was nowhere to be seen. The sounds of fighting from beyond the hole slowly diminished while I moved around the room, hunting for an exit or a hidden door. The walls were clean and featureless, and yielded no escape. A frightened shout from the hole turned our attention back, just in time to see a terrified soldier running towards us, covered in blood. Before his feet touched the floor, he erupted into vapour and sparks and vanished before us. Through the mist that was man, another person was revealed, stepping closer and holding some kind of weird gun. He looked unlike anybody I'd ever seen and bore no discernible genoform markings. No horns or fur or wings or scales. No tentacles or additional limbs. His defining feature was his face, deeply scarred from chin to forehead. He grinned crookedly. Hello, children, he said. I've been looking for you.
Thanks for listening. Follow us on SoundCloud or subscribe using iTunes or your favourite podcast app to make sure you don't miss the next chapter. You can find me on Twitter at Tarnamus or at simonkjones.com. You can help support the creation of stories like this on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Simon K. Jones.